0: Hello, welcome to the Brazilian Health Nut Show. Here you will find cutting edge information provided by the best experts in the world so you can learn how to burn fat for the rest of your life. Bruno de Gama is the Brazilian Health Nut in a mission to solve the problems you have when trying to lose weight forever. He is a nutritional therapy practitioner a certified personal trainer, and a holistic lifestyle coach by the Czech Institute. Don't forget to say hello and sign up to our free newsletter at www.brazilianhealthnut.com. Let's go!
1: All right. uh, Thank you so much for being here with me today, Trish. I appreciate the time. Can you please give just a little bit of a background? Who is Trish O'Neill first?
2: Uh, Trish O'Neill is a former police officer, undercover detective for over 20 Mm -hmm. years. I'm a mother of two boys. I am a rape survivor, cancer survivor, weight loss, success, Mm -hmm. and... I've arrived in life, and I know who I am, and I love who I've become. I'm a life transformation coach, communication expert, and keynote speaker.
1: Mm -hmm. Great. Yes, guys. So this, I was talking to Trish before here, going live. Uh, this is going to be a little bit of a different interview. Most of the times we have like health experts talking about nutrition, about physical activity, stress management, sleep, all those very, very important topics. But this one is going to be a little different. This one's going to be about the story behind the weight loss success and the story behind Trish, like her life. So that's why I actually want to talk to to Trish today I'm very excited about this I don't even have much like a script here in front of me I'm just going to be having like a conversation like a natural conversation so you mentioned that you're like a former criminal investigator right so how did you get into that that's that's cool
2: I originally wanted to be an attorney and when mm-hmm. I graduated college I or excuse me before I graduated college I was doing an internship with the district attorney's office and At that time, I realized I was out with police officers with their gun and badges, and I thought, hmm, this seems a little interesting. I think maybe I'd like to try this before going Mm -hmm. to law school. So I did an internship, and then uh, the district attorney offered me a paid internship to continue on because I was working on a homicide case at the time. And I just kind of fell in love with the idea of being able to make a difference uh, with different people in the public and working in public safety. So I thought I would take that path instead of going, continuing the original thought of, of becoming an attorney.
1: Mm, okay, interesting. So how is your routine, Trish, being this uh, criminal investigator? I'm very fascinated with routines and how you know, like they structure behind your day. So how is like a, a typical day in your life?
2: Well, um, I am a former detective. I have retired uh, a couple years mm-hmm. ago um, due to health, actually. However, during um, my career, and I pretty much grew up, you know, in the police department. That was, as we call our brothers and sisters. And we always had a very, uh, what do you say? Um, you know, people look at police officers as being in shape and being healthy and having a healthy lifestyle, working out. There's very strenuous circumstances that we get into that we must have the mental and physical strength to overcome whatever uh, adversity or task or case that we come up against. And I found that when I was in the police academy, I was struggling with my weight. But going Mm -hmm. back Earlier, I kinda always struggled with my weight, but I wasn't going to allow that to stop me. I just knew that I had to find a way to overcome it.
1: So when did you actually start to gaining weight? You mentioned this. Um is this something that has that was happening during your whole life kind of thing?
2: Yes, I definitely uh had the battle of the bulge, as we used to say in the olden days, I guess. Uh And I don't think I was ever properly given the tools to be successful at losing weight. Mm -hmm. I know, you know, many times going to Weight Watchers and Nutrisystem and trying all the different uh, brands out there that would assist in losing weight. But I came to find out, I think once I became uh, law enforcement how strong the mind is. And yeah. if your mind is not completely determined, nothing else is going to follow.
1: Yeah, that's for sure. That's something that we talk here on the show a lot. Like we talk about all topics related to health and to weight loss, but it comes, shows up again and again, like how important the mindset of this whole game of weight loss is. It's incredible. So, when you were like a this criminal investigator here, pretty cool stuff, actually. Um, you, how, how much like weight were you like above what you are right now?
2: Um, right now, well, let's see. I actually had to take time off of work after I had my children, but prior to that, I was already a police officer, and gosh, I. I think I weighed, in the police academy, I weighed um, 173, I believe. And I'll never forget, we were running, um, we had to run a mile and a half under 12 minutes. And my sergeant yelled out, O'Neill, how much do you weigh in front of everybody? I was so humiliated. And I yelled it back and I thought, okay, just saying that number out loud was not okay. Mm -hmm. And that number is going to change. However... It didn't change really until probably after I had kids. You know, I was still yo-yoing at the time. And Mm -hmm. running, being a bleach officer, we had to run. And running to me was a way of exercise and a way of losing weight. It wasn't something that I was born to do. I definitely didn't have the body structure to as a runner. And like you said earlier, it became a mind game Mm -hmm. for me. Whether what, no matter what kind of exercise I was doing, it was literally a mind game I had to play with myself.
1: Yeah. And why were you like yo-yo dieting all the time before? What was the biggest reason, like uh, that that you were like gaining and losing and gaining, losing and gaining? Like, uh, how how do you see now, looking back into hindsight, since you, now you you have it under control pretty much, right? Like, I, what was the reason behind it?
2: I truly believe. I don't, you know. Being in the line of work I was in and dealing with, you know, all, all kinds of people from all different diverse areas and adversity, you know, many people say, oh, you know, they, something happened to them. They were sexually assaulted, let's say, while they were a child, and that made them become obese. I don't mm-hmm. really have, like, a, a title to say or a moment that can categorize, okay, on that day is when this happened, and then I became fat, Or overweight. It just seemed like, I mean, to own it, I was addicted to food. I mean, let's call it what it was. I had a food addiction. I would go to bed thinking what I was going to be eating the next day on one thought. And the other thought I'd have was, how on earth will I ever be able to look good in a bikini?
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Well, you can't be looking nice in a bikini if all I'm thinking about is... Eating. Yeah. So when I've learned more and more about addiction, and through teaching courses and uh, speaking, you know, being a keynote speaker in many different areas, I learned so much about other addictions drug addiction, alcohol addiction, and in talking to people that are, you know, have these personalities, you know, an alcoholic, they're like hiding their alcohol underneath their tires. You know, in their car. I mean, I never hid food, but my parents always hid food from me,
1: um, yeah. which
2: was always interesting. And then mm-hmm. I found I would be a binge eater.
1: Yeah. So, do and you it, think? So, you just mentioned something that I think it's very interesting here because uh, I see this a lot. Like um, our actions, like uh, that we have throughout our lives, like especially after, as an adult, it comes from our childhood, like parenting and all those influence. Do you think this has something to do with the way you were brought up?
2: You know what? I I have to agree with you 200% on that statement. I think it's very profound. What what happens in our childhood definitely um, molds us as who we are as an adult. And if you don't deal with things that happen in your childhood, they definitely haunt you as an adult. I've done mm-hmm. much research on this. And I found that I was the youngest of five kids, Uh, two boys were the oldest, girls were the three youngest, and there was always something going on with the weight. Um, I know my oldest sister and I probably battled the weight the most. My brothers were very fit. In fact, they owned a gold gym. I mean, that's how Mm -hmm. fit they were. They were bodybuilders, you know, very much into health. And I felt a little shafted by... um, very not maliciously, especially not by my mother. More so by my father, and it would always be, "Let's have a contest who could lose weight the fastest. Let's who see who could jump rope. I'll pay you such and such a money if you could lose weight." So then it almost became like, "Okay, is he embarrassed of who we are?" Mm-hmm. And my brothers were always put on this, you know, pedestal. So. You know, when I reflect back to that, that could have definitely had something to do with it. However, it was constantly trying to make uh, my parents proud. And I didn't know it was really I needed to make myself proud of me before I can make anybody else proud. Mm -hmm. But I learned that as an adult. I wish I had learned that as a child. So the best thing I could do as a parent now is raising two boys and, you know, raising two gentlemen at that is making sure that they're proud of who they are before I say, I'm very proud of you. So just trying to yeah. change the dynamics and the tools that I now have that I don't think my parents had when we were growing up.
1: Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. So I'm curious here, Trish, now you are like pretty fit. You look, you look pretty good. Like I saw your pictures. You send me your pictures from like before and after. How... What's like the biggest difference, the way you feel it? Let's just talk about the feeling here. Let's not even touch the physical appearance, which is, of course, it's it's a completely different person. But how does it feel to be like overweight compared to what you are right now?
2: You know what, Bruno? Society, it doesn't matter what country you live in, because I have visited several countries now that I could actually say this. It doesn't matter what culture, what country Where you are, people judge you, Yeah, and they judge you from the moment they look at you. We're all visual people, and I tend to wear a cowboy hat and cowboy boots. It's just my style. It's my thing I like to do, and people (laughs) stare, Mm -hmm. Um, but when I was overweight, I could tell you that I don't remember anybody opening the door for me Mm -hmm. or looking at me except to judge me being overweight. So my boys don't remember their mom being overweight. They see pictures and ask, gosh, who was that holding me? So they don't have any recollection of me being that overweight. I must give my ex-husband props because never once did he ever make a comment of oh. you know me being overweight. However, yeah. once you change and- Do you think that's my-
1: good? Go ahead. Do you think that's good though? uh, though? Like, he's your husband and he knows that you are overweight and that you're not living a healthy life. Do you think, how do you, looking now, he's your ex husband, right? So, do you think it'd be nice though for him to have a conversation, like an open Mm -hmm. conversation with you? Hey, you know, let's, what do you think about what's going on in your health right now? Do you think you could be doing better? Like, let's try to lose some weight, just like, you know, like an honest conversation. Do you, do you think there is space for that, though?
2: <laughs> Bruno, you're awesome. You're hitting on some great <laughs> tips here because I think in, well, I'm in California. You're in New York. Yeah. I don't know what the divorce rate is in New York, but in California, it's obviously very, very high. And I think yeah. if people in general were open and honest with each other, We would have so much less drama, less divorce, Mm -hmm. less violence, less of everything if people could open up and just have a healthy conversation, no matter what the topic is. So I agree with you. I wish that I was mature enough. I did get married young, and I married someone a little older than I. However, Mm -hmm. that shouldn't even make a difference. Uh, He didn't necessarily live the healthiest lifestyle either. He was an amazing cook, and mm. he was brought up in. Uh, he was born and raised in Panama, and you know that's another cultural difference. So food always tended to be everything. Social also was surrounded with food, and to right. me, it's like, okay, why can't we just go for a hike, like and have bottled water? I don't need to drink alcohol. I don't need to go to a party and eat just to be out with my friends. But that just seemed to be society and the community that surrounded us. So going back to just having a healthy, open conversation, I am all about that. I keep it Mm. real. My messages are very raw. And a lot of times people don't want to hear
1: it. Right. So I always
2: say, don't protect me with a lie. Be honest up front.
1: Yeah, that's so true. And I actually, I just did a video before here, this interview I was on Facebook Live, talking about this, this impor- the importance of being honest with yourself, being raw, being real. You know, it's so, nowadays there is so much like fluff going on. You know, just, I don't know, people don't want to face the reality sometimes. And it it, it hurts this, them on the long term. It absolutely you know, it's, does. On the long term. And it's better to, to just to be real and it's going to be uncomfortable on the beginning because every change is very uncomfortable on the beginning. But there is you know why only it's growth in on that space.
2: Do you know why it's so uncomfortable for people to change? Tell us. Because it's so unfamiliar. Yeah. And that means people have to come out of their comfort zone,
1: mm-hmm.
2: which is, you know, sometimes forbidden if you come out of your comfort zone. But every time somebody changes or something changes in your life, it doesn't mean it 's bad. I figure you know what if a hundred doors are slammed on me if I go and ask somebody a question, one door may open, and that door may be the one i 've been waiting for it 's that opportunity, and we also have to create our own opportunities and create our own destiny so mm-hmm. if you don't have health you 're not going to have anything
1: yeah, and yeah, this is so important here, this topic of getting out of your comfort zone, guys. Like, I I try to do this as much as I can sometimes. <laughs> I do crazy stuff, you know, like, uh, but let me talk about r- l- two, like, uh, normal things, okay? For example, uh, this podcast, actually, for me to start this was very uncomfortable because I had this, I created this story on my head that I was not, like, good with, talking in public stuff like that you know so i postponed this for a long time i was just like no this is not bruno no this who who are you bruno to to be to be talking to people and to be interviewing people until i get the first interview i was like let's do this i'm getting out of my comfort zone i'm doing this and today i actually enjoyed this very much it become it became part of bruno now so um, but back then before getting out right. of my comfort zone, I would never imagine that feeling this as comfortable as I am now talking to people. It's just it's it's so important to get out of your comfort zone. I cannot stress this enough.
2: But isn't it also fascinating, Bruno, to hear everybody has a battle, and everybody mm-hmm. has a story. And if um, our society would stop judging people for what they look like, who they are, if they're covered with tattoos or. Wearing a cowboy hat or what does it matter? First of all, it's not their business, Mm -hmm. but people Mm -hmm. try and make it their business. Or it's their own insecurities and they're not comfortable within their own skin. So they automatically have to start speaking about other people and what they're Mm -hmm. doing. Yeah.
1: So So true. I I
2: often do, um, in one of my workshops, I will bring a mirror with me. And I actually did this with, I sponsor Miss Rodeo USA. Um, And I did a clinic with them and I had a mirror with me on one of our activities we did. And I had all the girls, there's 30 girls of all different age ranges. And I would love to do this with men. I just haven't had the opportunity except with my own children. But I have them get in front. We're all in a circle in a very safe environment. And I give them the mirror and I have them say three things that they see in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And they have to stand up. And you spoke earlier about just public speaking and, yeah. you know, you could never imagine yourself doing that. Well, these girls yeah. could never imagine themselves standing in front of a circle of three other, or 30 other women, right? Well, right. it's right there getting them out of that comfort zone. And two, looking at themselves in the mirror and you have to now be accountable And I say, I don't want you to see the reflection in the mirror. I want you to look at the image in the mirror and tell me what you see. And if you do that, it is so unbelievably profound and impactful to your own mindful self. Mm -hmm. And uh, talk about mental toughness and keeping it real with who you are. And it's not, I see freckles, I see blonde hair, I see green eyes. Like, get to your core. Because if your core is not healthy, physically, mentally, you can't be healthy.
1: Mm, Right. So true. So true. Thank you so much for sharing that. Hey, what's up, guys? Bruno da Gama here, Brazilian Health Nut, and let's take a little break from the show because I want to offer you something very, very special, okay? So if you go to brazilianhealthnut.com and scroll all the way to the bottom of the page, you find a place that you can claim your free strategy call with me, or you can just send me an email at bruno at brazilianhealthnut.com and tell me that you want to schedule your free call, okay? During this call, we are going to develop a strategy that works for your kind of body and lifestyle because remember that we're all different. So go ahead and do that now because spots are limited, okay? So now let's get back to the show. So you're overweight during pretty much your whole life. How did you start with this, the weight loss journey? How, how did it happen? It was like just one day you kind of like you decided... Let's do this Is today. I'm going to figure out this no matter what. How was the process?
2: The process, I think my the best defining moment, I think there were several defining moments, you know, at different times in my life. But the most defining moment that I could articulate was driving down the street. I had already been in law enforcement. I had just had my second child and my ex-husband was driving, Um, We had a big Tahoe Suburban, one of the big cars, and I just happened to look in the rear the side mirror he was driving, and I literally was shocked. I'm like, who is that person? Mm. And I was a size H breast, if you even could imagine what that is. I, no, um, I don't
1: even know that. <laughs> yeah.
2: Most people don't. In fact, when I was in the hospital, they said, um, ma'am, we need to special order these bras. And I said, no, just go over to Osh and buy me a hammock because that's as close as <laughs> an H as we're going to get. Um, but I just, I mean, I was literally just huge and people yeah. look at those pictures that I show and they're like, Holy smokes. And I'm like, no, holy cow. (laughs) (laughs) And I have, you know what? It is, it is who I was. It's not who I am.
1: Yes, exactly.
2: And psychologically, though, and I know and I've spoken to many people that have gone through, you know, a type of transformation like this, it's very interesting because if you're overweight for so many years, you can. Put on, you know. At that point, I was a size twenty-two, and now I'm a size two. Well, wow. and some twos are too big. You know, it just yeah. matters, you know, what the you know style you're wearing. And I will never forget. I had a size zero pants, and I returned them at a store. And the gal says, um, "Is there anything wrong?" And I said, "They're too big." She goes, "Ma'am, they're size 0. And she looked at me, and I said, "You know what?" Um, they just didn't fit right, and they truly were too big. But it was a style. Who cares that it was a zero? It was just a style and how they were made. And I said, you know, I said to myself, my butt looks so big in these. And I'm like, okay, it's a size zero. How can your butt look big in a size zero? But psychologically, looking in the mirror for so many years and seeing such a large butt behind, sorry, um, you know, you often still see that. Yeah. And it takes a long time to really transition your mind, again, going back to that mental toughness and mental strength and how strong your mind is to be so determined. And Mm -hmm. after looking in the mirror that day, I was like, I'm not going to get another uh, Oprah Winfrey book or something under the tree of the next best secret of how to lose weight.
0: There's Mm -hmm. no
2: diet pill. It's yeah. going to be digging deep, being determined, and get this weight off.
1: Yeah, that's so true. Uh, and this reminds me here. Uh, I was doing an interview before today in the morning. And the guy who was, uh, I was interviewing, he, he lost over 100 pounds and has kept it off as well. And his, his moment was when he was on a beach with three friends and his girlfriend. And they took a lot of pictures And they came back to the house and they were like watching the pictures. And he, everybody on the picture looked good. Like they were like slim. And he was like a hundred pounds overweight and he could not like stare at the pictures. And the only thing that he couldn't notice was his like his belly was way too big. And from that moment, he really decided it's time to value my health Mm -hmm. and I'm going to succeed no matter what. And he has done it you know so it seems like there is two ways here for people i have i've talked about this before on my not on the podcast but on my videos that people can make change by inspiration or by desperation mm-hmm. um, i think that's really the, the only way to do it but i think it's better to do by inspiration inspiration don't,
2: absolutely yeah
1: no so that's why i love to do this because i like to inspire people i don't want to let them to get to a point where they're desperate And they have to make the change happen. Because, you know, time is important here, guys. You know, you have just a limited amount of time in your life. So let's do this now.
2: And it's not a dress rehearsal. Life's not a dress rehearsal. This is all we get. Mm -hmm. And I truly believe too, Bruno, it's learned behavior. Now being a parent, I Mm -hmm. have to be a role model for my boys. And if they see me eating healthy... I hope that they will make healthy choices. And although I'm divorced, it's, you know, not always the same at both homes, but they're both athletes and they've been in situations where they've had to lose weight to make weight, to play football or whatnot. And that's when it's sad to see your child get into that desperation because they want to lose weight and play football so bad. That they're spitting and they're getting rid of every piece of fluid or anything or starving themselves. And that's not okay. That's so unhealthy. Yeah,
1: yeah it's very unhealthy. Yeah,
2: so that's true. So it's very much learned behavior as well.
1: Yeah. So you, you said that you, you, okay, you look in the mirror and you said, I'm not going to buy another book. I'm not going to do this, like this short Cut short approach, right? Mm-hmm. Magic, magic bullet kind of thing. And that's what I'm, I'm my main message here is always about that. Not, there is not such a, like a thing as a magic bullet. So, what did you start to doing? Doing like how how did this process went?
2: I went and joined the gym. And for me, my personality is that I need to be accountable okay. for my own actions, which means my sometimes your biggest your best strengths are also your biggest weaknesses. And I don't like having to ask for help, but I know I needed help. So Mm -hmm. I hired a trainer, and so I knew I had to be accountable to show up at least twice a week with my trainer. And, you know, he would weigh me and whatnot. And knowing I was going to be getting on a scale, I knew that I was not going to be paying for something and investing in myself and then not have uh, the results I wanted so mm-hmm. it's really taking your power back within yourself to if you're going to make this investment whether it's you know with a life coach, you know, personal trainer, nutritionist, you have your time is so valuable and we don't get yesterday back. Today mm-hmm. is what we have now and tomorrow's not guaranteed. So mm-hmm. you got to use your time efficiently and You know, do that extra rep, run that extra mile. And that's kind of the mindset I got myself into. I also got a dog. Um, Mm. My lab had passed away and I got a Great Dane. And she became my running partner. And Mm. again, going back to the mind games, I had to play with myself. I not only would go to the gym every day, I would run on the treadmill. I would do my weight training with the trainer and then I'd come home. I'd put my uh, Great Dane on her leash, and then we'd go run another five miles.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and awesome. That's it was. Yeah, that, you know what I love about this? It's not even about like what were you doing. Like if you're running, if you're lifting weights, all those technical things, which of course matters. But what I love about this story, Trish, it's about what you just said before, like investment. Investment. Yeah. I invest. I invest my energy. And my money, too. You know, people, people don't, don't when, when they invest money, they do the thing.
2: That's you know? right.
1: That's why, and Bruno, that's why people don't value, like, free stuff. You know, like, oh, just give, like, something for free. If I give all my program for free to somebody, I'm going to tell, okay, I'm going to give you everything here for free. They're not going to do it. I promise you. But if they pay, like, thousands of dollars, they do it.
2: That's right. And you can do a free consultation, you know, we're kind of, yeah, we have no, similarities no. for what we do and you could do a free consultation and stuff and that's building rapport with people making yeah, sure exactly, it's a good that's fit. that's exactly what I do. And I know if it's not a good fit, then I have no mm-hmm. problem saying, you know what, I know the perfect person that could work with you because mm-hmm. they are making the investment and they're making sometimes just that first step to make that phone call is the first part of their investment, whether it's a yes. 15 minute free consultation or not. Mm-hmm. You yes. need to have chemistry with the person and know that you can count on that person no matter what. And I'm not a therapist. I'm not a counselor. I, you, know, you have football coaches. You have baseball coaches. And now we have life coaches. And it's your own life experiences, I think, that we can use to inspire others to succeed and show the results that they want and that yes. they're paying for. And that shows our value as people and your value as being a nutritionist expert and whatnot, that, I mean, that's high value.
1: Yeah. It truly is. No, definitely. Yeah. I've, I've seen this many times, like you're saying here, I've talked to a hundred people over the phone, like for my free consultation and many of them, they don't become clients, but no, they, they took some action after that. They saw what was going on Mm -hmm. And they actually, you know, they took action. So that's, that's really what's up. And that's what matters, guys. So take action. I love, love taking action. So
2: if I could add one more thing to that, if you, and you know, I know with my clients too, if you're talking to them or, you know, if I'm going to go speak, you know, in front of a thousand people or something, if you don't take action now, where are you going to be in six months? Are you Mm. still going to be asking yourself, what am I going to do? When am I going to get into that size? If it's a size you want to be, or I need to be in a wedding, or I'm going to a, a re- school reunion, or whatnot. Yeah. I mean, you never know. Like I said, tomorrow's not guaranteed, so you might as well start taking action now, mm-hmm. because you don't know life. I mean, I've you know dealt with my own life adversities, and you know it can change very, very quickly, and you never no, yeah. you never know when it's going to happen. So yeah. I truly value exercise and, you know, nutrition and just eating healthier.
1: Yeah, taking action. Cool. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So you mentioned, right, so let's go back here for your transformation. So you, you took action, you kind of like did things, and you hired this coach. And let me share with, with you this, because more I would say like more than 90% of the people they don't achieve what you have achieved, like long-term success, right? Losing the weight and just being healthy for a long period of time, like two years, five years, whole life kind of thing. Correct. I agree. Yeah. So why why do you think you did this and why do you think most people don't? What's the biggest difference between Trish and the 90% of people out there?
2: I think people often have calendars, right? We all have to schedule what we're going to do every day. Many of us work. doesn't matter what your work is. I found that I knew what I had to do when I got to work and whatnot, but my, I found that I was going to schedule my workout first and everything around my workout. Mm. Now, if that meant, okay, I have such and such to do, or I didn't know my caseload at work, I didn't know, you know, everything would be a surprise. You don't know. Every day was kind of different at work. However, my bag would always be packed in my car. And even if I had to sneak in a half hour workout at lunch or at some point during my day when I would take a break, if there was stairs, I would take the stairs. If right. there was, um, a parking spot up front I would not take it I'd go park further and it's little things like that that make it a little difference
1: right yes and you might Absolutely. not be
2: sweating you know you don't necessarily have to break a sweat but you're definitely moving your body a little more and mm. I think that's very important so I really became very strict about scheduling my whole day around my workouts
1: Yes, uh, so uh, it's about priority, definitely. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like we can tell here that you, you know you made your health the first priority, and everything is going to be around that.
2: That's right. Kind of
1: like, that's that's so true.
2: And I never wanted that's... to ever feel. And I, I I was very fortunate because I journal a lot, and mm-hmm. I always encourage other people to journal. And you know, these days with all the um, devices we have, it's even easier. I still like to actually write out on a journal. But even if I'm driving down the street, I could talk into my phone and just say how I'm feeling. Yeah. But I never ever want to feel the way I felt in a size 22. Mm-hmm. And I never awesome. wanna go back to that. But if I could always remember how good it feels, you know, going through every size of a bra, mm-hmm. when I lost all my weight, remember I said I was a size H, I went to a double A. So I'm giving you some pretty ugly visuals, <laughs> but they're real.
0: It's yes, they're real.
2: real. Yeah. And I was very, you know, you lose all that weight and it's like, okay, now what? Here I accomplished so much and now I have the skin. What do I do with this? You know what I mean? So I'd work out harder. Well, then I went to the doctor and he's like, it doesn't matter. I mean, you could keep working out, but what are you going to do with this? It's not going to change anything, you know. I'm—I used to be almost five four, and now I've shrunk. I'm, you know, five one, mm-hmm. because of some other health issues I've come up against. So, um, and that was always a big insecurity for me. Bruno was my height, mm-hmm. but I owned it. Yeah. And I think too, you, if we own our insecurities, and many of it's people's weight, own yeah. it, be accountable for it, and. You got to make that change. As uncomfortable and unfamiliar, you're never going to know unless you try it. You can't yeah. fail at something if you don't try.
1: Yeah, on it. Love it, love it. So guys, the, the reason really, like we, I brought Trish here to the show is, of course, her, she has an amazing uh, weight loss journey that we just talked here for the last 30 minutes, but she also has much more to share. And I wanted to ask Trish, because she is a raped survivor and she, uh, she's also a cancer survivor. So, which one do you want to share a little bit with, uh, with us, Trish, first?
2: Well, since I was raped first, how about we go in chronological order?
1: <laughs> All right, let's do it.
2: Uh, I broke my silence um, actually a few weeks back of being raped. I broke my silence to the public. And again, we spoke earlier about how society judges people. They see a pretty face. They see blonde, long hair, what have you. Oh, everything must be perfect. Well, guess what? Let me tell you, it's not. And I um, made a bad decision on somebody that I dated. I did not know the background at the time. And being in law enforcement, you would think that I could run anybody and anybody, and that's obviously not the case. We have to have a right to know, need to know. Um, But somebody was giving me attention, and here I lost. This is another thing. You lose all this weight, and all of a sudden you're getting attention like you've never gotten before um, because society is now treating you very different. And unfortunately, um, over a couple years' time period, he overpowered me, drugged me, and raped me. Mm. And it was humiliating. it was embarrassing because I worked in the sexual assault unit, and I worked sexual assault cases every day. Yeah. and I went and I reported it, and nothing happened because nobody wanted it to be uncovered or what the what, the reason why i 'm not really sure. Um, I did some digging and found other women that this predator did the same thing too and still nothing happened for two years later I got a phone call that he raped somebody else and she went straight to the police and then they uncovered and started working my case which was pretty much already worked so he is incarcerated he will be going to prison for a very long time unfortunately the court system is not the fastest And two weeks after I reported my rape to the police, I was then diagnosed with cancer. Mm -hmm. So it was all kind of happening at once.
1: Right. A lot of things going on at the same time. Yes.
2: So it was 2012 that I went to the police with my police report. And then two weeks later, my mother's birthday, April 17th, I was diagnosed with cancer. Mm -hmm. And I must say... Um, and I will own everything that I spoke about the extra skin earlier and my bra sizes being from a size H to a double A. And when I would get into the shower, I would cry and cry and cry and cry. And nobody ever knew this. My mother walked in my house one day and heard me crying in the shower. And she's a nurse for 56 years, still practicing. She's 77 and just an angel. She, um, knew some doctors and had me go meet with some doctors and I had a breast augmentation done. And I must say that the breast augmentation saved my life because it pushed the tumor out. And I started with breast cancer. It pushed the tumor out and visually you could see the tumor sticking out of my right breast. Mm -hmm. And if I had not lost all that weight and not start, really taking um, a step and being so determined to lose weight. Obviously, I would have never had a breast augmentation, but that breast augmentation is what helped me find the tumor because no test found it. No mammogram, ultrasound, nothing picked it up. Even though we knew it was there and we could feel it and see it, no test picked it up until I went under an MRI.
1: Right. You would never know that. Never know. Yeah.
2: So That's crazy. It was very crazy. So yeah. ended up having four tumors in my right breast and I'm eleven surgeries now into the cancer process. Mm. Um and I'm a fighter. I'm a survivor. Yes
1: absolutely absolutely and so so how i mean a lot of people they go through tra- tragedies let, let's put this way in life as well mm-hmm. and some people they go down the road. they 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 don't go i think in the, the direction of growth they don't see death as a challenge as something to be overcome and then to just to be part of who they are about on the their story the, the their history kind of thing right mm-hmm. how 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 do you see that? Why do you think you saw that and you you can talk about here publicly and be fine about that while other people don't?
2: Well, Bruno, you said something earlier when we started this saying why why can't you do these podcasts? Because you were uncomfortable doing it, right? If you don't stand up for yourself, I've never had anybody else stand up for me. And... Being an independent woman doesn't mean that you wouldn't like somebody else to stand up and help and protect you. Just because I carried a gun everywhere doesn't mean that made me any different than anybody else. I never used my authority as a police officer to get anything I needed um, or wanted. And I think it's, it is, again, going back to change, you must change your mindset and surround yourself with positivity surround yourself with positive people and what is so difficult and again going back to change i had to change so much that i had to remove myself from my own family Mm -hmm. because it became toxic yeah everybody had a judgment and i got a little tired of hearing the stories oh my aunt did this when she had cancer well So-and-so did this when they had cancer. Well, let me tell you, the technology these days is so unbelievable what they can do. And it's very different. And you have to do what you feel is best for you. And the decisions that I made at the time I was making them, I was alone. And I knew that I wanted to see my boys grow up. And there was many days, Bruno, that I would pray that I didn't wake up in the morning, but I had to get through it. Thank God my mom was around and would pull me out of bed sometimes and make me go walk or make me get outside and always said, you know, the sun will shine, you know, and she says, I'm sorry if I sound like Pollyanna, but it is what it is and it truly is a mindset that one must go through. And sometimes it takes a little time because it's very easy just to turn over in bed and say, I'm not getting up today. And I realized, you know what? I had those days and you have to give yourself those days sometimes and have your pity party, but give yourself a time limit. Say, okay, yeah. after two hours, I'm going to get my butt up. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to go exercise. I'm going to go, You know, drink a gallon of water or whatever it may be. Yeah. So it's really changing your mindset, changing the people that you are around. Yeah. And removing anything that is toxic. It is very difficult to do, especially when it's your own DNA family. Um, And I became a bit of an outcast, but I was not afraid. I would rather stand up and be alone and stand up for what I believe in Yes. Than to be fake and be absolutely. surrounded with a thousand other fake people
1: yeah absolutely absolutely it 's funny because um, before like I told you, I was doing the video in the afternoon here and I shared about this a little bit about this, you know guys, you guys have to surround yourself with good people, even though you know we have families and stuff, but if they don 't they are not on the same page, they are not pu- pushing you towards your goals like they 're not supporting you, just cut it, guys, of course you don 't have to be. Like, you know, like, I'm never talking to you again. But, you know, just spend less time with this kind of people. Mm -hmm. So important here to surround yourself. Uh, Amazing, amazing story, Trish. So where can people find you if they want to know more about what you do? And, like, what's next for you? What are you up to these days?
2: I, uh, well, several people have heard about my story. Um, I found that when I was diagnosed with cancer... Uh, my boy again, single mom of two boys, and my youngest son, when I had to tell him I had cancer, I told the boys together. But my youngest son asked me, Mom, who's going to take care of me when you die? And I didn't know how to answer that because mm-hmm. death did not, it just, even though what I did every day, I was, you know, faced with life and death situations every day, working on the streets, and you know, I was undercover, so nobody knew I was a cop, yeah. and I knew I was given a gift early on, how to talk to people, give them a safe place, give them a comfortable place to be able to tell me anything, and so I said to him, we're all going to die. I hopefully will not die from this. However, I am going to embrace this as one of the best gifts I've ever been given, Mm-hmm. And that is what cancer has been to me, it has been a gift. I've never mm-hmm. had so much time with my kids. I have, we had a nanny for 10 years, who's like a daughter to me that I never had. And I have gotten to meet people like you. I mean, yeah. you know, I've been exposed to so many things that I would have never been exposed to if I was still on the streets. Now, believe right. me, I miss my job tremendously. I would, you know... I loved, loved, loved what I did because I knew I was making a difference. So now I have, like I say, I have embraced cancer as a gift. I always turn to the ocean as a healer Mm -hmm. to me. My body rejected all cancer medication. I learned that my liver could not metabolize drugs and did not have the enzymes to metabolize. And that alone there, I knew I had to become very healthy. And that was after losing all the weight. Mm. So that too has helped me, you know, stay more green. And, you know, organic is wonderful. It's very, very expensive. So there still has to be an alternative. You know, would you rather eat vegetables if you can't eat organic? It's still okay just to eat vegetables. You know, don't make that be the catalyst of not eating vegetables, right? Just still eat vegetables. Uh, And just finding alternative ways to live a positive, fulfilling life so i feel now that i've been given the gift to help others in a different way. so i say i've turned my surfboard in a new direction and then i'm embracing different waves. and those mm-hmm. waves Sorry. will Great. help me inspire other people, provide courage for people to break their silence whether it's, you know, any yeah. type of addiction, if it's, you know, whatever adversity they have. So I feel I've lived a try. Trium- I live a life of triumph, overcoming adversity.
1: Yeah, and great story. Great story. Do you have a Do you have an, a, a website? I do where, have like a, a website.
2: It's called Trish Speaks.com. Trish, okay. I'm in the middle of um, getting a couple books published. My boys have written a book. Going back nice. to the journaling, I had them journal about what it was like having uh, seen their mom. They s- said, you know, we only knew her as a excuse me, but a badass cop with the gun and badge. And now, you know, they would see me sick every day. So that was a huge life transformation for them. And how did they overcome it? And not once nobody asked me how my boys were. So I had them journal because they wouldn't go to therapy or anything like that. And I got more information of how they feel and watching this, you know, life that was real, raw, in front of them every day. Uh, so I have taken all of their journal entries and very raw, like I said, real, non-edited, and they're going to have a book.
1: Awesome. That's amazing. That they'll Trish, publish. that's great. Yeah. That's that's great. That's great. Thank you so much for uh, being here with, with us today. I appreciate it so much. Oh, you're and you're so welcome. A fantastic story. Thank you so much.
2: Well, thank you for being my gift today as... Every day is a gift, and you got to always find the best thing out of the day. So, Bruno, thank you for being my gift today.
0: Thanks for listening to the Brazilian Health Nut Show. Go to www.brazilianhealthnut.com for much more information about how to burn fat for the rest of your life. Hasta luego.